Troops, here we are. Uh, it's Friday. It's Good Friday. And it's a COVID-19 Good Friday. This will be a one you won't forget. Um, carrying on with doing what I said I was going to do. Podcast every day whilst I've been furloughed. Uh, I want to bring on a great friend of mine. Business partner. Mentor. Uh, all of those great things. Uh, it's Chris Waldron from the Grand Victorian Door Company and lots of other enterprises, which we will discuss. Chris, how are you doing? Hiya, how are you? Smashing. Um, where do you want to start? The outdoors or Grand Victorian doors? <laughs> oh, let's start with the doors and then we can get that over and done with, can't we? Yeah, <laughs> well, it's not, it's not <laughs> a bad thing. <laughs> nah, uh, you make the best doors in the United Kingdom, yes or no? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you are the kiddie when it comes to making um, Grand Victorian doors and no one else can do what you do. How have you become so good at it? Because I give people time. I think that's. I think it's down completely down to that. Um, I've known, I know a lot of people who run big businesses doing doors and yeah. I started off that way 20 odd years ago and um, I give people loads of time and they want something unique and bespoke and um, and giving them time and working together uh, gives them that, whereas the big companies just can't do it. Just, just They just roll it out. Um, what is it what does a front door say about an individual (laughs) god wow I mean you know what I've done about I've done nearly 200 doors now and I've done yellow ones I did a pink one shocking pink one last year (laughs) Um, the the glass is all bespoke and it's designed by them and me and uh, all the the furniture's all different and everything so it, it's unique, you see. So they can choose whatever they want. You know, the the pink door um, shows Catherine's personality off. She's bubbly and wants everyone to know this is where I am. You know. Well, when she phones Just Eat to get a pizza delivered, um, it won't be too hard to find, will it? It's the one with the pink door. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's that side of it that that gets her uh, noticed straight away and helps her get whatever she gets. Um, you've also got involved with the Manchester Bee and done some absolutely stunning work with the Manchester Bee. Um, where are you hoping that goes in the future? Uh, well, firstly, what, what I did before Christmas was I took on a, uh, a Victorian restoration in Altrincham. And, uh, and it, I'd, for about a year, I'd wanted to do the... Manchester B leaded glass and I I do all the leaded glass in-house so I can design it the way I want it and have it exactly the way I want it um I suggested it to Imogen who lives in the house of course yeah and um and she went for it and we we did glass for the door and the fan light and uh it looks it looks great uh the Manchester B logo though belongs to Manchester Council yeah, and uh, I've had a couple of emails to in and throwing from them, and it, it it's just taking ages to get permission to use it. 
and then when you get the permission to use it you, you you've got to give a percentage of the cost of it to homeless charities in manchester which right. is which is pretty cool so so, um, so i think a few, anyway yeah. that's i thought the manchester bee was to do with the terrorism attack that happened at the concert but obviously the bee's been around yeah uh, it's been around for quite some time a uh, long time yeah i think 150 right. years or so i did a blog about it so you know but i forgot the year fair um, enough it started out with Manchester Council and uh, and then, of course, if you're a Mancunian, you yeah. know that the, the bee is affiliated with Boddington's Brewery, which is closed down now. But on the big chimney, they had the uh, the Manchester bee and and on the on the tins of beer as well, you know. And the, uh, and the cans were yellow. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yellow yeah. and black. But it had, been, it had been going a long, long time, you know. I didn't know that Bodytons had closed down. Was that right in the centre no, of Manchester? They, they, they brought the brewery down years ago. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, just oh, down, well. the bo- down the bottom of um, very New Road. Wow. Uh, it's probably 100, 100 yards or so from, 100 metres, I should say, eh? uh, from the, uh, the arena where the bomb was, yeah. Now, your doors, you can't just go into B&Q and pick one up off the rack. Um, and that being said, not one of mine, not one, <laughs> not one of yours. Um, talk us through for people who don't know and probably still have an understanding of it the process of building and making and carving and creating uh, a grand Victorian door. Well, we, we do new doors and we do restorations, Mo- mostly, we do restorations, so we're, we're basically bringing a door back to life. Yeah. Stripping it completely down and and filling and refitting and painting and and all of that, um, and the new doors we make from scratch. We make them out of hardwood and in using techniques that had been around for hundreds of years, and uh, and and yeah. So we make the door, we fit it, and then we take it back to the workshop. We uh, we have a six stage painting process, fit whatever furniture you want, and then design the glass and and make that for it. So, and and when you say furniture, you mean uh, yeah. door knockers, um, letter boxes, um, fancy um, knob, fancy uh, knobs, yeah, yeah, fancy, uh, you know, award winning locks and. Yeah, and I was going to say you, you've you've combined new door locking technology with old school door making, haven't you? Oh yeah, okay. We um, we yeah. Last year we fitted a, a fingerprint recognition lock. Yeah. Um, in uh, down near Stockport. Uh, nice. That, that's quite an interesting one. Um, there's you know there's not a lot of people go with the the technology stuff like the fingerprint or the the iPhone in your pocket opens yeah. the door. Wow. There's not a lot of people go with that because at the moment that stuff isn't made to fit great it, to 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 complement a victorian door you know there are a couple of them that are quite um you know they're not in your face they don't look like tech. yeah uh, and normally it's you you were predominantly using bannon locks uh on on the new uh on the new premium door yeah 
um, the the Bannum locks and and a full the full range of Bannum door furniture uh, is is included in that door. So the locks the locks are second to none, really. Yeah. Um, this is my lock geeky side. If anyone doesn't know, <laughs> Bannum, Bannum are the kiddie of locks, um, residential and commercial. Um, you won't find yeah. any better made. Hard, hard, extremely hard to pick, extremely hard to drill. Um, offer you the best protection. God, I should get a job for Bannum, shouldn't I? Selling for Bannum, really. Um, I know. Link, link, link well, in the bio. <laughs> They started in 1926, and the guy, the guy who started that company, actually um, got burgled, <laughs> and his insurance company wouldn't pay out because the lock wasn't uh, of of a certain standard. So standard. he invented the first. Uh, wow! You know, you know the Yale latch that you yeah. have, the night latch that you have in a door. He invented that, but obviously under the banner. And and there there's a great example of someone being presented with a a shit situation and turning it into a positive, which yeah. will bring me on to <laughs> COVID nineteen <laughs> seamlessly into it. Um, as a small business owner, Chris, how's COVID nineteen affected all things restorations and doors? Uh, well. To be honest, um, it, it's not changed things a lot because we can. I, well, I can still work in the workshop, and yeah. um, you know, I've got a couple of couple of people working for me who are on furlough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll slow things down, but you know, there's a couple of jobs here that will go out as soon as the gates open, and that they'll be ready. But you know, really, this time. Uh, is like yourself doing podcast every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, this time, really, to me, is a godsend because yeah. it's given me time to do stuff that I want to do, uh, like like writing the blogs and um, work on the websites and yeah. a new uh, enterprise that I'm pretty much starting today. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but you know, it's given me time to do some jobs around the house. I've cut them. I've cut the grass. I've cut the grass for the first time in, <laughs> in about three or four years because we have a gardener doing it. I've spent more time with the kids and cooking. We had a bar. I mean, I did a barbecue yesterday. Yeah. You know, so it, it it's it is really a positive thing for me. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it, it is it is for a lot of people, and, it, and it's how you view every single situation that you find yourself in. Um, you could look at it negatively and, and stay in bed until early afternoon and, and eat rubbish food and just whinge and be on be on social media and just you know take advice from Karen from Facebook. Um, or you could be productive. Um, and let, let's let's talk about social media and and websites because it's something that me and you've had the crash course learning in in the last what two and a half years. <laughs> yeah, 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 big time. Yeah. Um, we've we've both put trust in people who yeah. haven't quite delivered <laughs> in in what they said they were going to. Um, yeah, but as well. What do you think? Do you think social media was overhyped, or do you just think everyone's on it? I don't. 
I don't know if it's overhyped. It's all to do with how you use it, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, it, you know, social media is a, an amazing thing. It's brought people together. It's made, you know, you put a post on and your mum comments on it and then you have a little chat with your mum yeah. about wild camping up Helvellyn or, or fitting a pink door. Yeah. Um, and you, you might never have that conversation. You yeah. Know? There's people, we know people in America and Ireland and New Zealand yeah. and Africa and you can you can go on there and have a little two minute chat with them, you know probably about the things that you posted. But you won't phone them up to do that. So mm. you know, social media in a whole is is amazing um, for businesses. Uh, I think it's amazing for your business because um, you don't stop talking. Yeah, uh, true. You're always. True story. You're always doing stuff, and <laughs> and people know you're there. They know you're active, and they can they can see pictorially, and um, and the the loads of text that you put in a post that you're doing what you say you you're gonna do. You're not it, just hiding behind a shop front, let's mm. say, and you can be doing anything. Twenty years ago. You know, whereas now you you just have to be active all the time and show your audience that you you're part of the world. Yeah, no, it's which, uh, is, which is what you do very well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. I do try and be the Ronsil man. Um, to use Ronsil, he's <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's not quite so. No, we don't. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's, a great, it's a great line though, isn't it? And we'll talk about social media. And I mentioned it today in one of my posts. Do you remember when Bob Hoskins used to do the BT advert and he used to say, it's good to talk? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, got, I got that in a post today and I thought, I wonder how many old school like quotes. I'm, go I'm going to try and get like old school quotes into, uh, into some of my social media posts and see if people like go, I'm sure... <laughs> I'm sure I've seen. I'm sure I've seen that somewhere before. Um, yeah. The the pitfalls with social media is you, it can become a bit of a grind, or can it? If you get, I think we both agree that last year we got into this like follow. I'm trying to build a following and I'm trying to get more and yeah. more likes. But yeah. we've we've seen that firsthand that realistically that doesn't mean jack shit. It certainly doesn't convert to sales. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think the thing the thing is like we've talked many times about is um is not trying to sell your product or service yes yeah um let, let it sell itself so you know if i put a picture of a front door on and and some some glass that's took me two weeks to do mm. um on social and on the website um and and just talk about it and talk about the relationship that you had with the customer and maybe some problems that you had along the way. Uh, they, they understand the product. Mm. And if they understand the product and they want the product, then then they're, they're sold on it. They'll do the selling themselves, won't they? Yeah, that, it's a great point. And, and I think the great... Case study for that is 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 our um, Black Sale Hut weekend, which we've run successfully two years in a row, <clears throat> and yeah. and being 
you know, we've been well over 85, 90% occupancy every time we've run the event. Um, and it's always come from our circles, as in people who both we know rather than um, 16 or 17, 18 strangers who have just said, oh, I've seen that and I think I'll go on it. So I think you're right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about <laughs> building relationships, isn't it? And it's almost like we've become a local shop and people are buying again from the local shop and yeah. not going to the to the hypermarket and buying from an unknown entity that's like, well, I know John and I know Chris, or I know Chris and if he says John's good, then that's how it is. Um, and the Black Sail Hunt, I think, is um, definitely an absolute top draw event and it's something I think I want to run for like the rest of my natural life. I can like see myself <laughs> going there every year uh, and never, ever getting bored of it. What is it about the Black Sail you think is the draw? Well, I think first of all, the the event itself. <coughs> the event, sorry, I've got a bit it's of right. a cough. And Not dry cough, cough, is it? <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, I think the event itself, the Black Sail Retreat, the event itself is is desirable to people because mm. it is unaccessible from by road. Um, they've really got to walk a good while and get into the the wildest, uh, the quietest valley in the Lake District. Yeah. Um, it's a great example of not selling a product and letting it sell itself because, yeah. um, I mean, you know, we had a great crowd there in February because yeah. e- even though, uh, you know, Dennis the Menace was was <laughs> upon us, yeah, and uh, wreaked havoc in the Lake District. Loads of people come. We had an amazing time, mm. and we were in this hut in the middle of nowhere. Food being cooked for us, drink available, games, puzzle. Who'd have thought? <laughs> Who'd have thought that we'd have spent a day and a half doing a puzzle? Yeah, you know. It, it was amazing, and 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 there's there's loads of things about it, like like going over hell, um, going over haystacks the next day. Yeah, no, great. It it was amazing, and, and and the route in is fantastic, and obviously the way we do it, we we have options for ability, but on that particular yeah. occasion, because the weather was so bad, we all went low, but we had a great time going through through the valley. Um, got some unbelievable photos and um obviously um as well some great stories how stacy managed to carry hannah's chocolate cake in a rucksack all the way oh my from God. the car park to the, to the YHA <laughs> so she could have a birthday cake um without it being destroyed without it being <laughs> without it being destroyed it's uh it, it's amazing and then the next day going over haystacks and getting all the great photos that we did and you know, you you passing on your information about Wainwright and going down and then coming back out. It was class, wasn't it? And 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 scrambling down the side of haystacks. Yes, in fifty mile an hour gusts, <laughs> and and most of them had not even done any walking on that sort of terrain nah. before. That, you know, nah. that, that's it, it's sort of priceless, isn't it? Yeah, it was uh, for, for us as well as them. Yeah, no. It's, is a fantastic weekend and I'm super keen to to get another one. And I think after after this has gone away, 
because everything starts, everything has a middle and everything has a finish. That's just the way it is. Um, and I think the outdoors will be greatly in demand from people oh, who yeah. have been trapped inside. And maybe those people who say, oh, well, it's going to drizzle, so I'm not going to go, or I'll go next time. What this has taught me is you have to make the most of every single time you can because you, you never know when yeah. a three-week lockdown, which is potentially now is going to be almost seven weeks by the time we get out of it, being locked down for seven weeks, crazy. The, the yeah. very thought yeah. the very thought of it, me saying to you on that day in the car park, saying to you, best make the most this weekend because the back end of March, we're going into lockdown for seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of people, yeah. loads of people would have went. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to get out then because I was planning on going in April, March, or April time. Why yeah. do you think people don't make the most of the time? God, God, mm. question. You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this, you know, the first week of lockdown, everyone's at home, and all they were doing on social was talking about COVID nineteen and, you know, this and that and, um. And now you're starting to hear, I'm bored, mm. which is which is just the craziest thing for me. Um, mm. And I don't know. I think I think a lot of people just want to put their feet up, and 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 it's like it's like there's there's no ambition, you know. Whereas I, I've written something every day. I've I've done some work at the workshop. I've done a lot of work at home, and you know, watching films and and playing games, and you know, find something to do. Great, it's great downtime, isn't it? Don't know. And don't know. But I, when the gates open, they'll 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 be away, won't they? You know, the Lake District will be inundated. So full this this summer. And and I'd be keen to see who, who capitalises on it the most, as in who's who's down tools and gone, oh, well, we'll wait until Boris says we can all go back out, or who's already, which hotel, B&B, outdoor company, coffee shop, whatever it may be, is already thinking, right, we need to have a deal in place, we need to have this in place, we need to have that ready, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's a yeah. great forward thinking. I'm... <clears throat> I'm just watching a Netflix series about the Ottoman Empire taking Constantinople, and it's truly fascinating because <laughs> Constantinople was seen as this impenetrable city, and the Ottoman um, Sultan had to come up with all these new ways of breaching a city that had never been breached before. And I feel like that, as a business, that's what you need to do. You need to be the forward thinker instead of just saying. It can't be done, so I'm not going to try. You need to go and get your yeah. eighty thousand troops and your big cannons, <laughs> and and try. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the you know, let let's face it, there will be loads of businesses that that go under. Yeah, um, during or just after this crisis, and most of those people will be the people who are running businesses and just getting by, yeah. doing what they're doing. Yeah, and then you, you you throw a spanner in the works, and they've no idea how to deal with it, and they've not got the business nouns to do anything but what they do daily. Mm. Um, and there'll be loads of businesses that go out. But in in near near us at the market, there's a guy who sells veg, 
no one's allowed to go to the market because it's closed, right? So this guy is now delivering boxes of veg, 25 wow. quid, probably 15 or a bit more worth of veg that you would get in Tesco, uh, other supermarkets. Are available. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's selling a box of veg, fresh veg for 25 quid. He's delivering it, just leaving it at your door, and then you just pay on PayPal. Mm. And he's, he's thinking outside the box. He's keeping yeah. his business going. And what he's also doing, I mean, he, he might be at the market three or four days a week at different markets. But then another day afterwards, another day, he'll just be delivering from now on. He's, open, he's actually opening up a different part of his, of his business. And, and he, he, might, he might completely change and revolutionize his entire business model off the back of this crisis, which in the long run yeah. might, be, might be loads, you know, he won't have to have a pitch in the market, so therefore he doesn't have to pay rates at the market. Um, he might end up having more time because he's selling more veg quicker, therefore it frees him up to do something else. Like, um, I, I was just talking to someone else earlier on today uh, about uh, businesses not making the most of this time and the high street is always saying, buy from the high street, buy from the high street. But I'm looking at the high street now and I'm not seeing anything coming from the high street. And I'm thinking... I keep getting told that you're relevant, but then in a time like this, you've told me that you're not relevant because you're not, you're not posting anything. You, all of your platforms have gone completely cold turkey. Got to move with the times, haven't you? You know. Yeah. I, I, some years ago, uh, five years ago, say there was a guy in Granada Reports, um, and and his line. Well, I wish I could remember it word for word, but his line was. There's loads of pubs closing down in the Northwest. Hmm. Um, let's see what we can do about saving the pubs. And they, they started this campaign on Granada Reports for saving the pubs. Do you know what? If no one's drinking, close the pubs. Mm. Do something different. I mean, some people did. You know, the gin. You know, gin yeah. is massive now. Yeah. But um, what are you, 10 years younger than me or so? Um, yeah. When I was when I was in my heyday drinking, hmm. gin was 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 for old women. Yeah, a G and C. You'd never have a G and C, you know. Whereas now it's massive, and those people, like the 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 gin brewery in Manchester, started all this all this gin, brewing all this gin, and 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 there you go. They've they've sort of put. They've put another reason for you to go out and another reason for you to go in the pub, haven't they? Yeah. But um, if a pub's got to close down, it's got to close down. Just like if there's 12 calves in your town, then one of them is going gonna, is gonna to eventually close down because there's just not enough people drinking tea. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and, and on the gin side of it, um, one of the local breweries where, where I live, gin distilleries, They've changed, and they're now making hand sanitizer. <laughs> Classic. What? What a move! <laughs> what an absolute move! Whoever thought, whoever sat there and said at the board meeting, "We're not selling anywhere near enough gin," and someone went, "I know what we'll do." What? Well, yeah. Yeah. hand sanitizer is is predominantly based alcohol. So, how hard would it be to learn to make hand sanitizer? 
let's do it let's let's make yeah. and wow. you become the hero because you're making hand sanitizer and we're saying there's a shortage but as well you save yeah. your business because you're still you're still producing and people always remember the goodwill like there's a lot of stories like that Com- t-shirt companies um making ppe do you know what i mean like diversifying the, the ranges and going well we can't do that but we're going to do this now and who knows yeah. that gin distillery they might look at it and say do you know what we're just going to carry on making hand sanitizer yeah yeah <laughs> be. because, be, because actually the, yeah pe- people won't stop buying hand sanitizer the day that boris nope. says right okay you can go out now it's all over it's a habit, isn't it? I think it'll become uh, a, a, a big wake-up for society, as in, oh, I've got to, you know, we've got to work on our personal hygiene more. We've got to be more than what we thought we were, because we're certainly not going to go back to like the medieval times where maybe our immune systems were a lot tougher because we lived in arduous conditions more, so therefore our bodies were tougher. That won't happen. But I think what we'll do is. People will work on a new form of hand wash or a new form of hand sanitizer. Or maybe, we, you know, I've often seen people wearing face masks on a normal day and laughed and just gone, what a lunatic. But maybe face masks start becoming a thing. Who knows? Designer face masks. New fashion yeah. accessory. Yeah. That's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're in China. <laughs> we're trademarking it face masks and we'll do like uh, Bush I've got it you, you, you sat for those who can't see the podcast Chris has a large map of the Lake District behind him so what we'll do is we'll put your favourite fell on the face mask <laughs> yeah yes yeah, there we go yeah our Pikachu our yeah anything, anything like that yeah Anything. A range of about 30 or 40. Of I wonder if facemask.co.uk is, yeah. has been taken yet. We could call it the face mask. <laughs> <laughs> right. No one, no one steal that idea. Me and Chris came up with it. It's getting trademarked. We'll be buying yeah. the web, web domain now. Chris, buy the web domain. <laughs> and, uh, don't, we'll don't put the podcast out until we've registered. Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, let's talk. Let's talk. Um, Wainwrights, mountains, your love of mountains, your love of adventure is the same as mine. Yeah. Um, how and why did you get into it? And I'll mean Wainwrights for a start. God, we're running out of time now, aren't we? Now nah, we're all um, right, we'll, we'll roll it. You know you know what, this, this business is, is so busy, but it's also stressful. And, and that paired with a load of stress slash trauma in the past um, took me to um, breaking point mm. and uh, I was at the gym at the time about four or five days a week and I and I, I looked on Google for the nearest mountain technically over 2,000 feet and I ended up in the Peak District yeah and um, doing some fell running around there and I met a guy who said, go to the Lake District, buy a book on the Wainwrights and do them. And wow. the next weekend I was up there, I had the book and, uh, and I, I, I took my son up there to do the first Wainwright, Wonsfell, Jack. Yeah. And, uh, and we camped out and we, we did our Wainwright and that was the start of it. Wow. Um, 
and I, I was just hooked. I was addicted, really. Um, and it, and it, it was really relieving stress. And, um, <clears throat> and then uh, I started the Facebook group and, and, and started doing all sorts of things around the Wainwrights. And three years later, I was a mountain leader. I'd done the Wainwrights. And, um, and that was the start of it, really. I suppose mm. stress and trauma and relief and retreat, uh, you know. We, we were always meant to be and we used to be in the wild. We were always very at home in the wild. And obviously, as we've evolved, if that's the right word, we've become, in some respects, afraid of where we came from, as in nature. And I think that's why we almost have muscle memory when we get back there. Certain, Not all of us, but some of us, when we get back there, we feel at home in the mountains, no, no matter the weather situation or, or whatever's in play. Like, I can be in the lakes like you in trucking down conditions, and it, it don't make a job to me. Um, some people need the sun. Some people need... They need all the factors in their favour to really enjoy it. I, I can have none in my favour and still go out there and boss it. Um, you're the same. The Victorians generally were afraid of the mountains. Mm. Um, you know, may, <clears throat> maybe there was something out there that, that, that got them, but they were afraid of it and they didn't have the right to walk on this private land mm. until 52, when 1952, when the Lake District and the Peak District and then all the other national parks started up, giving us right to roam because of the stressful factory jobs that everybody did. Yeah. And, um, and, and so it was probably, the fear of the mountains was probably fabricated anyway, mm. you know? But now the exhilaration when, you, when you're on the top of a mountain seeing, mm. seeing another 200 mountains or so around you, in the lakes or in Scotland is just, <clears throat> you know, it, 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 the words can't really, mm. words can't really describe, can you? You know, when, no, I, touch, not. when, I, touch, when I took Jack up Wonsfell, yeah. <clears throat> get into the top, he was knackered. He was, only, he was nine. He was knackered. And, <clears throat> and I said to him, you see that bit up there? That's the top. <clears throat> I said, when we get to the top, you'll probably be out of the 30 people in your class you'll probably be one or two people who've ever been up a mountain yeah and you know what he did he just legged it up the side (laughs) up to the summit you know and it it was this and and i think it's the same for us you know when we when we go to scotland and we go up a new mountain Mm. everything's different you're away from everything you know, your yourself. You, there's no pretense there, no um, inauthenticity, and it is just you. You just you, aren't you? I, I totally agree. And and the weekend that we ran with the Mountain Leader Academy um, in Scotland last year was, I reckon, it was probably one of my best days or best yeah. experiences that I had. Because for one, I love Galloway because it just it just feels different and it feels like you really need to know what you're doing um, to really enjoy it. And the weather, com- the weather was complete b- bonkers. Um, 
But it was oh, just man. a it was just a great adventure, wasn't it? It was, it was, wasn't it? I mean, God knows, <laughs> God knows what them people would have done. Um, at that point, you know, oh. that, at that point, coming off Merrick, yeah, and 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 what an hour or two and get into the river. God knows what they would have done if they were there on their own. Yeah. They wouldn't, maybe they wouldn't have got where, maybe they wouldn't have, you know, they'd have done something else. But, yeah. But wow, what, what, what an amazing weekend. It was just a weekend of, of like, it all moves and everyone has to adapt. And I think both John and Tom would have got so much confidence and because it'll never be as hard as that again for them. Even when they both take their assessment and pass it will never be as rough and as, and as sort of tasty as that was. Um, weather-wise... It was, it was spicy, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm. it really was. It because, well, just because that's how it is. But we, we learned so much about equipment, about ourselves, about, um, you know, descend, uh, descending steep ground. An impromptu river crossing where on the map it said Ford, and then obviously because of the rainfall, it, it, it turned the Ford into a normal river. Um, yeah, what's that? That and river in, in Lord of the Rings, yeah, just raging. Yeah, yeah. And, and we had to find a way, and then we had to change our accommodation plans. Um, oh, so many factors. It was just, it was just think on your feet, wasn't it? It was, it was absolutely bonkers. Um, it was really but, challenging, and that's the way we designed it, of course. Yeah, and, and it was it was way beyond what they would do on their assessment or the training, yeah, or, or anything in between. Getting experience in the mountains, you know, and mm. and that there taking it to the next level, mm. um, and then coming back for assessment. That's that there's what what passes you, mm. isn't it? You know. When I, I was teaching my sister to drive like 30 years ago or so, well, 28 years ago or so. And I took her up to an airstrip that they used in World War II near Warrington, um, doing handbrake skids and <laughs> spinning round and just, just dogging the car. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So that when she went for a test, she'd know how to control the car instead wow. of instead of just driving at 30 miles an hour on the road you know yeah and I, and I feel like John I feel like John and Tom both got that experience um fr- from that and I know we have one we have it planned and, and I'm so glad from an idea when we started talking about this um middle bit the unknown between training and assessment I'm so glad that we started mm-hmm. the academy and, and the people if you just said to me go and hand pick <clears throat> better people I couldn't do it I really couldn't do no. it every single one of them no. is absolutely 10 out of 10 on every level no um, they love it don't they and they love it they're committed they listen mm. and and they're, they're they're going for it aren't they yeah, you, 100% you, you come... every one of them every one of them who wants to go on and pass will pass and every one of them will be a, a really great mountain leader if they want to set up their own business or they just want to be Indians and, and just work on other people's events and just be, you know, pin money. Um, if they just want an extra bit of cash on the side, but if they, whatever they want to do, I'll, I'll fully support them. And I know, I know you will as well. Um, 
And I can't wait to get, I think that's the first thing we do, Chris, after this podcast. We organise, um, not the podcast, uh, COVID-19. Uh, we organise uh, a sort of the academy's <laughs> little bosh out yeah, as a, we've got as a group. Well, we've got, we've got that, um, that wild camping <clears throat> booked in for the 21st of June for um, summer solstice. So yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe, um, maybe you overlooked that because of your dislike. So. <laughs> well, well, you can you can welcome. I'll 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 pop down to the nearest uh, B and B. Uh, no, Mary just got a new MSR tent, so that's cool. So she oh, yeah. she's very she's very constantly to get a better tent. Mine's mine's absolutely trash. Um, Chris. We were only going to do half an hour, but we've done 40 minutes and I feel like we could do another 40 minutes. So, bro, <laughs> so before we roll into that, um, we're going to do the COVID-19 five watts. So for some people, um, the routine has massively changed. So what does your mm. day look like? Has it changed? Um, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, of course, if I was coming to the workshop, I'd be doing that, and if I was outfitting, then obviously I'd be doing that, but I'm not fitting now. So um, this morning I was up at half five. I I usually don't get up after sort of half six or something, so it's normal. Um, I'll make a coffee and, and jump straight into writing while everyone's unconscious upstairs. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> and then today I... I came to the office and uh, and doing some writing, setting up some stuff on the website. Uh, that is most of my day, and then tea time, tea time, uh, you know, dinner, and see what time the kids have got for me, basically, because they're they're away on doing their own thing, you know. Fair but enough. It's a full house at the moment. There's six That's of us. Class. So, you know. It's gone back to the olden days, hasn't it? That's like 1920, 1930 sort of way of going on six people in one house and all that sort of good stuff. Yeah, I just can't get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what workouts are you doing? That doesn't have to be physical. It could be maybe you're doing a podcast or you're reading a blog or a book, workouts, mind or body. Well, um, as you know, I mean, I, I used to do a lot. I used to do a lot five years ago, but these mm. days, um, after B&L, the last sort of two, three years, uh, I don't do a lot. Um, but you know what? I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm taking some CBD oil and nice. some stuff and some um, natural tablets, and I'm feeling a load better. Uh, so, and I've got a gym. I've got a gym in the room there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I Fair have a enough. showroom, but because I'm out of Manchester, no one comes, so I've got a gym there. So, Fair I play, think that'll do. bring it yeah. back to life. <laughs> and then, obviously, before you're an avid hill walker, so you're always out mooching the hills. Um, well, yeah. Third one, what have you started? Have you started anything new? Language, course, along those lines? Um, I'm doing a lot of work on the website. I'm doing a lot of writing these days because cool. of the, you know, being at home so much. Um, that that's going really well. 
and um, and then today, of course, I'm I'm setting up the website for yeah offering uh, offering uh, simple websites for people. Uh, you know, got a new client, of course. Yeah, as you, as you know. <laughs> yeah, um, I heard you know, so yeah, simple websites, and um, and then see what comes of that. But awesome, um, that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, fourth one, what have you stopped? I've stopped going to coffee shops because they're all shut. What have I stopped? You know what? I don't. <clears throat> I don't. I don't think. I don't. You mean because of COVID nineteen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you can no longer no. do. You know, I. I mean, I can't go out fitting, mm-hmm. and and we can't be in the workshop. You know, they're on. They're on furlough. So so that's that stopped a bit of a bit of play here, but um, nothing's really changed. We just we just adjust, don't we? That's it. That's it. Um, Fifth and final one. What's the first thing you're going to do after lockdown? Run for the hills. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm. You know what? I'm definitely going to take my wife out wild camping. Nice. Uh, she's not been before. We we did leave a couple of times um, with all the intentions, and the yeah. first time we forgot the poles. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on your list. Yeah. Um, and uh, and the second time we just thought balls to this, let's go and get drunk and stay in a B and B. Um, so I'm going to take, take trees out while camping. Yeah. Uh, awesome, Chris. Look, we've rattled through the time, mate. It's been great having you on. I've been we've been talking about doing a podcast for ages. Now's been perfect time. Uh, we've done it. It's in the bag. Uh, where can people find you? Not literally. Uh, social media uh, um, for obviously <clears throat> your website and stuff well yeah the you know the, the door company's Grand Victorian so yeah. that's that's on social and uh, and the Co UK uh, yeah the the hiking stuff is wildfire expeditions yeah um, and uh, and I think more of a hub now will be chriswaldron.co.uk which I'll crank Mid. up today Amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's been a good Friday. We shall not forget. So I thank Chris for his time. Uh, we will all be back out soon enough. Chris, you know me. I'm banging his podcast out quick, sharpish. It'll be out tomorrow. Um, I've been assured that it's uploaded onto iTunes uh, for iTunes listeners. Uh, and it's always on Spotify. And ladies and gentlemen, remember this weekend, don't go anywhere. Stay in your house. Wash your bloody hands and do your dogs. Chris, cheers, mate. Great. Take care, John. Adios. Cheers, mate. Bye.